Hi, everybody. This is Jimmy DeYoung. Have you got a moment? I want you to take a look at the book with me. We have the unique opportunity through this podcast to allow you to hear a portion of a series I have entitled A Middle East News Update. It's basically looking at the last book in the Old Testament, the book of Malachi. We talk about the messenger and the message of Malachi, two brothers, two states, two temples, and two witnesses. Now today, we're going to be talking about two brothers. How do they play into end-time prophecy? Those two brothers would be Jacob and Esau. We're going to take a moment to listen to our study, and then I'll come back and tell you how you can have your own copy of Malachi, a Middle East News Update. That's the five-part, five-hour series on the book of Malachi. Let's listen right now, and then I'll come back and talk to you a bit more. But let's go keep your finger here and go over to Romans chapter 9 just for a second, because Paul rehearses this quote this statement by Malachi over in chapter 9 of the book of Romans. Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. A very interesting statement. And many may say, as Paul is going to respond to, what? Is there unrighteousness in God? Have you got chapter 9? By the way, chapters 9, 10, and 11 of the book of Romans are dealing with Israel. Though this is a very practical doctrinal book, the book of Romans, it has eschatology in it as well. Chapter 9 is Israel past, chapter 10 is Israel present, and chapter 11 is Israel future. What happened in the past, what's happening presently, and what will be happening in the future as far as Israel's concerned. Not going to deal necessarily with that, but let me just come to this statement made by Malachi, and let's see what he is talking about here. Notice what it says. He quotes Malachi in verse 13, As it is written, Jacob have I loved, but Esau have I hated. And then that question, which may have been in your mind, what shall we then say? Is there unrighteousness with God? And Paul shouts down the carters of time, No, there is no unrighteousness with God. He's already started to explain, so we look back up here in verse 10 and gives a bit of an explanation about it. And not only this, but when Rebekah also had conceived by one, even by our father Isaac, remember Isaac married Rebekah back in the 25th chapter of the book of Genesis. We'll go back there in just a moment. And she had conceived, verse 11, for the children being not yet born, the children, plural, Jacob and Esau, we know that from the record that follows, and the children not yet born, neither having done any good or evil, that the purpose of God, according to election, might stand, not of works, but of him that calleth. In other words, we're not talking about the salvation of a people. That is absolute. All who come unto him shall receive salvation should they admit they're a sinner, believe in death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, and call upon Jesus Christ to come into their heart and give them eternal life. So that's, it's not talking about salvation here, but we're going to see it is talking about God's sovereign selection. The younger over the elder. That happened in the case of the firstborn of Abraham. His firstborn was Ishmael. The secondborn was Isaac. And so God selected, instead of putting the birthright and the blessing on the firstborn, 
He selected the second born. That was his sovereign selection. And we see that uh, that line of the, um, the, uh, the heritage of, of Abraham extends on to the Jewish people and on down to today. Well, God is going to do the exact same thing now with the grandson of Abraham. There's going to be sovereign selection, and that's what he's talking about when he said, Jacob have I loved, Esau have I hated. Now back in Malachi, let's notice what it says here. As he concludes that, verse 3, I hated Esau, look what happened, and I laid his mountain and his heritage waste. There is at least between those two phrases, I hated Esau and I laid his heritage waste, there's at least 1,500 years in there in that one verse. From the time he hated him, or he sovereignly selected the secondborn over the firstborn, and until the time he laid waste the heritage of Esau. Let's spend, a, if you'll give me a, a, just a, a, the privilege of giving me a little bit of a history lesson, go back with me to the 25th chapter of the book of Genesis. All prophecy, by the way, begins in Genesis. If you don't understand the book of Genesis, you're going to never understand the prophetic word of God. It's an essential, it's the, it's the foundation building block upon which all of prophecy comes forth. It was a very prophetic uh, early on, chapter 3, verse 15. I will send the Messiah. I will send one who will be the Savior of the world. And so we see that prophetically some very unique things are going to happen, and that's all started in the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis. Here in chapter 25 of Genesis, it's a great chapter, by the way, if you ever want to study prophecy and the heritage of Abraham, it deals with all of the sons and daughters born unto Abraham uh, through Ishmael and Isaac and who else ever may have come into his life. Let's just look at Isaac, if we will, the generations of Isaac, starting in verse 19. Now, these are the generations of Isaac, Abraham's son. Abraham begot Isaac, and Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of a Syrian. Verse 21, and Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> I love it. His, uh, his mother was barren, and now along comes his wife, and she is barren. Doesn't God have a sense of humor? I just love it. And so then he started to pray unto the Lord. Now, you've got to watch how you pray. You've got to be very careful how you pray because you can overpray. And that's exactly what he did. He overprayed, and instead of getting one son who carries on his heritage, he got two sons. So you've got to be careful how you pray. And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife. Verse 21, and he entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived after his prayers had gone up to the Lord. And the children, as referred to by Paul in Romans chapter 9, and the children struggled together within her. And she said, if it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire the Lord. She wanted to know, why are these two sons within me struggling? Why are these two children within me struggling? So she asked the Lord, and he's going to respond with a prayer I took to the prayer with an answer to prayer, and he's going to respond with a prophetic statement. Notice what he says in verse 23. And the Lord said unto her, two nations are in thy womb. I would suggest, if you're taking note, underline that phrase there. Two nations are in thy womb. Very important to understand. Two nations. 
It says it dogmatically. Two nations. This is the Lord speaking to Rebecca. Two nations. Excuse me. Yes, to Rebecca. Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people. Notice here. Here is that sovereign selection. And the elder shall serve the younger. Now, that wasn't the custom. The custom was the firstborn would receive the birthright and also then have blessing pronounced upon him at the death of his father. That was the privilege of being the firstborn. And this is going to be changed, and God says it's going to happen. He sovereignly selects the one who will be the leader to carry on the proper heritage before they're ever born, while they're in their mother's womb, while they're struggling. And he said that struggling, that battling is going to take place basically all the way to the end. You can understand that. Thank you for taking a moment to take a look at the book with us today. Malachi, a Middle East news update, is what we have been studying, and we've been talking about the two brothers that God told their mother would become peoples in the end times and play a key role just prior to the return of Jesus Christ. Well, there's much more to study in this five-part, five-hour series, Malachi, a Middle East news update. Actually, it's like reading from the front page of the newspaper. You need to study this book, and you can have your own copy by calling our toll-free number or going to our website and making a purchase of Malachi, a Middle East news update. Our toll-free number is 877-674-3298. That's a toll-free number from all across America. Or you can go to our website and make your purchase that way. The address of our website, www.prophecytoday.com. This is Jimmy DeYoung thanking you for taking the time to take a look at the book with us. You know, Malachi, with his Middle East News update, written some 2,500 years ago, is like reading from the front page of the newspaper today, all evidence that Jesus Christ could be coming very soon. Remember, before he comes back to the earth, the rapture takes place, and we're caught up to be with him in the air. And that rapture actually could happen at any moment. Having said that, nothing left for me to say, except let's keep looking up until...